Hey friends, it's your buddy Ethan Jenkins, and welcome back to the Age Gap Diaries. And today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the movies I loved for my generation. And these are all movies from the 90s, and there are going to be some movies that I leave out. And if you know a movie from the 90s or 80s or a movie from your generation that you think was one of the best movies, let me know, ethanjenkins545 at gmail.com. And uh, here we go. And these are in no particular order, but we'll talk about, uh, talk about them a little bit. And I'll, I, I got to make another list of these because there's just too many movies that I love from the 90s. And uh, like I said, they're in no particular order. But the first one that comes to mind was Goodfellas in 1990, which I think was probably, you can argue, one of the best gangster movies of all time, probably aside from The Godfather. And uh, it's funny because only a few years later, Reservoir Dogs came out. And it, but, but let me say about, about Goodfellas. Goodfellas was directed by... Um, Martin Scorsese, it had De Niro, Pacino, uh, not Pacino, it had uh, De Niro, uh, Scorsese, uh, Joe Pesci, it had all the, uh, Ray Liotta, all the top gangster guys in it, it was phenomenal, Uh, that was probably one of my favorite uh, gangster movies of all time, and that that happened in 1990, so it was kind of a game changer as far as movies go. And let us, uh, let us not forget that back in the day, uh, really, the only way you saw movie reviews was from your local paper. Maybe there'd be a guy on the public access TV who would say, hey, check out this movie, it's pretty good, or it's not worth seeing, or don't take the kids to it. But the primary uh, way you saw a movie back in the day and knew it was good was Siskel and Ebert, and they would give it the thumbs up, thumbs down, which I believe they trademarked. Somebody told me that. So I don't know what thumbs this got, but it definitely deserved two thumbs up because it was amazing. And now, to go back to that, now if you want to see how a movie is, what do you do? You just put in Rotten Tomatoes. There's so many places to go to get a movie review. You know, and back then there was only a couple sites. So it's just, it's funny how things have changed. And the second movie, and like I said, these are in no particular order, is uh, Reservoir Dogs. And to me, this was my first Tarantino film I think I ever saw. And it was phenomenal. People don't know. It was Tarantino-esque. The dialogue was so... I I just remember how great this movie was. Because the dialogue was so in your face. It was so sharp. It was so witty. The violence was extremely gory. There was a guy's ear cut off. It was a whodunit. It was just phenomenal. From start to finish, it was a great movie. And uh, we're going to talk about another movie that he did. Um... In the 90s. Was this 95 or 96? I can't remember. This was Pulp Fiction. And Tarantino again wrote and uh, directed this movie. Which became a cult classic along with Reservoir Dogs. This one had that. I mean just amazing. I I mean there were so many people in Pulp Fiction. Uh, Bruce Willis. John Travolta. Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, was, uh, Roth, Timothy Roth was in it. Um, uh, Steve Buscemi, Uma Thurman. Oh God, I'm missing a bunch of people. 
Tarantino himself makes a cameo, which is kind of good. He also made a cameo in Reservoir Dogs. Great movie. So moving on, we got Edward Scissorhands, which came out in 1990, which was so bizarre. And this was a movie that was um, done by Tim Burton. It was done in 1990, and it was so quirky and neat, and it was with Winona Ryder, and they were both young, and it was just a really creatively... You were just captured by it. It was a really good movie. Very dark. Had those sort of gothic undertones. Which a lot of his movies do. A lot of his movies have um, kind of a gothic sort of um, Halloweenish, nightmarish sort of undertone to it. Except maybe Dumbo. I didn't see that one. But then, who doesn't remember the movie? This is a weird one to talk about. But it was Schindler's List. And I saw that one in the theater. And that one came out and I believe it was 93. Um, and it's, it's hard to talk about a movie and say, oh, this movie was phenomenally good when it was about such a dark and depressing and um, almost nightmarish world that was actually true. And I think that made this movie so haunting. And it was done by Steven Spielberg, and it was about the Holocaust and... If you haven't seen it, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it was about a guy who uh, uh, saved a bunch of uh, uh, Jewish people from uh, the death camps. And it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And um, I think it's the first time I saw Ben Kingsley in a movie. And it was the first time... Yeah, I think it was the first time I saw Ben Kingsley. And Ben Kingsley is a phenomenal actor. And he was my favorite in that movie, by the way. He's just, uh, he was he was great. He played an accountant. He was a very, very, I mean, it was just great performances. It was, and it was done in black and white. And it, that made it so chilling because, I mean, I don't know what the Holocaust looked like in color, right? None of us do. And I think all the images we see are in black and white. Opposed, to, Sometimes they show those old videos on the History Channel where they put color in some of the vi- the old movies from like the 30s and 40s. But other than that, all I know is black and white. So I don't know if that was done on purpose. And then he puts this one piece of, of fabric in red. And you'll, I mean, without giving too much about, about the movie, those who haven't seen it, you'll see why. But it's just... I think he won Best Director, and I think that won Best Picture, um, and and rightfully so. It was it was from the musical score to the direction to the ending to just everything uh, a, a brilliant film, brilliant. And I hate again, it's it's hard to say. Oh, that was my favorite film, and and it was such a dark subject matter, very dark. And speaking of dark dark subject matter, uh, the Coen Brothers with. You know, and again, I don't know if this was a dark comedy, if it was, because there were some really funny parts, but again, Steve Buscemi, who was in Reservoir Dogs, um, the Tarantino film that we talked about previously, he was in Fargo, and Fargo is such a good movie. It's, uh, it's one of those films that kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't... And I think it was the same year Mallrats came out. That uh, Kevin Smith movie. Um, it was written perfectly. It was acted exceptionally. Um, and uh, it was the... F- I think it was the first time I ever saw 
was it? Um, a movie and thought to myself, without a doubt, this is this movie. People are going to talk about this movie for a long, long time. And you know that a movie's good when they do a miniseries based on it. In Fargo, they did that. They made a miniseries on it. And I have yet to see the miniseries, but I heard it's really good. Um, and you know that because it was done by the Coen brothers, and the Coen brothers are, are, are really good. The Coen brothers are fantastic. Ethan and Joel Cohen, and they did Fargo. So if you get a chance, check out Fargo. And the other one, which, okay, this movie I think was really good. It was Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner film. It was done in 1990. And uh, a great, great movie. But if you watch Dances with Wolves, go check out um, a later movie uh, that was done in, I want to say... It was uh, in probably 2009 or 10. And it was done by... uh, Who directed that? Let me check real quick. Because we have two. James Cameron. And... um, the movie is Avatar, right? Okay, so if you check out, I had to look that up. I'm sorry. Anyway, Dances with Wolves. If you ever check out that movie, it's done in 1990. There's not really any special effects, but it's a really, really good movie. Now, check out Avatar, which was done years later, 30 years later, say. 30 plus years. Avatar takes basically the same exact premise of Dances with Wolves. I mean, it's almost the identical theme in the movie. And I always find that when I saw Avatar for the first time, I wasn't drawn into how good the story was because I felt like I already saw the story. To me, the great part of Avatar was just the special effects, which, you know, I'm not really impressed with because anybody can do them. But speaking of special effects, when I was a kid, my mom and I went to go see a movie that we thought was the pinnacle of CGI in movies. This movie was talked about everybody it was the biggest movie everybody was talking about it It broke all kinds of records for uh movie attendance and that movie came out in 93 and was jurassic park welcome to jurassic park and jurassic park was really cool i remember seeing the dinosaurs because i I think originally they were going to do stop go motion or something but when they did it in computer-generated images, I remember thinking, this movie, they'll never be able to make a movie better than this. I mean, it is such a good movie, and the graphics are so real. I just remember thinking how real everything looked. And now we look at it today, and it's so archaic. But back then, when I saw that in the theater, I thought everything looked so real. And I'm a big fan of the Jurassic Park movies. Not necessarily the new ones, but the first, like, two or three I love. That was in 93, and that was a kind of a phenomenon. And then, I remember in the 90s, they started doing this thing, and I think it started with Usual Suspect, with the twist endings. And Usual Suspects was another ensemble cast um, about, uh, let's just say, something going wrong. 
a bunch of bad guys and something going wrong. Almost like uh, Reservoir Dogs, but a, a lot different. And this movie starred Kevin Spacey, who then uh, we just knew as a fantastic actor. Now we know as having some issues, shall we say. Uh, but he played Verbal, a guy named Verbal in this movie. And he was so convincing, so good. He was a um, phenomenal actor. And not that Stephen Baldwin and uh, the other actors in the movie weren't good, but he stole the show. So if you get a chance, check out Usual Suspects if you want to see an amazing surprise ending. Uh, we'll talk about some other movies that had surprise endings in the next podcast, but this this was an amazing surprise ending. I loved it. I loved it. And this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. There's two or three on here that are probably one of, some of my favorite movies. You know, when people bring up, oh, that was my top five. I, I, it's hard to bring a top five, but this has to be one of the top for me. And it's The Shawshank Redemption. It came out in 95. And from what I heard, it bombed in the, in the box office. I mean, it tanked. It didn't do anything. And then made all its money back on DVD and VHS. And then some. It was a phenomenal movie. And it was a short story actually written by Stephen King called Rita Hayworth... Uh, and uh, The Shawshank Redemption or something. I think that was the name of the short story. And it was turned into uh, a full-length feature film by Frank Darabont, who directed The Green Mile and ended up uh, creating The Walking Dead. For anybody who's a Walking Dead fan, he created, I think, the first season, and then he's been in litigation with them ever since. But The Shawshank Redemption was um, the first time I saw Morgan Freeman no, second time, because I saw him in Driving Miss Daisy, uh, which was a, a good film. But the second time I saw him, and uh, the first time I saw Tim Robbins. And it was such an amazing movie. And another kind of surprise ending. You didn't see what's going to happen at the end. Um, you fell in love with the characters. The direction was flawless. Great, great, great. If, you, if you've never seen Shawshank Redemption... Put that on your list and go see it. it it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the next we have is probably my favorite movie of all time. And uh, so big that they actually made a festival out of it. And that movie is The Big Lebelski, A film noir. Uh, basically, <laughs> you know, it really is a movie that kind of doesn't have a plot. But it really does. It's Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, against Steve Buscemi, who is in Reservoir Dogs and uh, Fargo. And an aging stoner, a Vietnam vet, and this guy and his brother. And a rug gone missing. A, somebody kidnapped somebody. I mean, it's a whole thing. It's... it's I never remember hearing so many F-words in a movie than I did this one. And in, again, in the movie theaters, tanked, and then it became a cult classic. So Big Lebowski, and I know there's a lot of people that love the Big Lebowski. And, I, you know, it, it's like certain people I can't look at without thinking of that a role they did. Jeff Bridges, to me, will always be the dude. So I don't know how anybody else feels, but to me, he's always going to be the dude. And 95... There was a movie out, uh, another Martin Scorsese film. Not as big as Goodfellas, but still really good. One of my top Scorsese films, Casino, with 
Sharon Stone, De Niro, Pesci, Don Rickles makes an appearance. Uh, all about uh, the casino run with the mob and everything and the violence and the gore. And if you're a guy and you're into mob movies, check out Casino. It's one of my top movies of 95. 91, there was a really cool movie that came out um, that was very psychological that I think changed the way we looked at bad guys. Um, almost a movie where we rooted for the bad guy. And that was Silence of the Lambs that came out in 91 with Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony Hopkins played Dr. Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal the Cannibal. And uh, I I tell you, there's this one scene in that movie where she's being led down to see him in the prison. And it's so dark and it's so dreary and it's so suspenseful and scary. And the, uh, the warden keeps telling her, don't hand him anything. Don't look him, don't look him in the eye. Don't give him anything to write with. I mean, it was because he was so psychologically brilliant that you knew he could break out at any time. And that's what was so cool about his character. He was just, it was a great movie. Uh, speaking of good movies... Life is Beautiful. I don't know if anybody remembers this one. This was out in 97, and it was Roberto Benigi? Is that his name? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, An Italian guy who people might remember more for his Oscars acceptance speech when he started jumping over chairs and hugging everybody. He was so excited. And this was such a heartfelt movie. It took place during World War II. Um, when a son and father went to the concentration camp and the father had to convince his little son that they were in a game and that everybody in the game, everybody like the Nazis and the, the Jews and the people in the camps were all players in this game. And, um, it was, it was so good and it breaks your heart and it makes you laugh and such a great film. And you can tell by that one. Uh, won the awards that it did because it was really good now this movie got a lot of controversy back in 1999 and I don't usually like get really excited about horror movies but I think this was probably one of the best movies done for the amount of money it, it, it got done with and that was the Blair Witch Project in 1999 which I remember seeing in the theater it was done which looked to me it looked like it was just done with handheld cameras on like 16 millimeter the story was phenomenal. I mean, kids go filming this witch. Their footage goes... Uh, they go missing. Years later, the film's found. I mean, what a great concept for a movie. Their footage goes missing. Years later, they found the tapes. I mean, that to me is is a great concept for a movie. And back then, I remember... They had a website. And I remember that they really played up their website a lot about the Blair Witch. So the internet helped a lot with that movie as far as marketing goes. And it was it was a great movie. I, I know a lot of people who hated it. Um, they thought that it was low budget, which it was. They hated the ending, which, okay, I kind of understand. But to me, it was, it was an amazing movie. Who could forget 1994's Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks? Probably one of his 
biggest movies of his career. Uh, Jack Ma, the billionaire who created Alibaba, quotes Forrest Gump as being his favorite movie. And Forrest Gump was the slow-witted guy who ended up in doing extraordinary things, extraordinary experiences, but a man with limited intelligence. Phenomenal movie. I believe Tom Hanks won an Oscar for it, which he should have. And that was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who actually directed my all-time favorite film, uh, Back to the Future, which my dumb cousin Stevie and I are going to be doing a podcast on. Our fi- we're just going to talk all Back to the It's going to be Back to the Future talk. Because we're huge Back to the Future fans. In fact, him and I always say, hey, if we make it big, if we become millionaires, we're going to dedicate one room in our house just to Back to the Future. That's how insane we are. Moving forward a little bit, or backwards, I suppose. Home Alone, 1990. Kevin McAllister, one of the great, which has become a holiday classic. Home Alone has become a holiday classic. It has become right up there with Miracle on 34th Street. Um, it's a wonderful life. You gotta put Home Alone in there. Um, those who don't know, Kevin McAllister, played by uh, the cute uh, kid. He was in Uncle Buck. He was in all those other. Uh, uh, what the hell was his name? Macaulay Culkin. Sorry, I had a brain fart. Macaulay Culkin. His parents leave him home alone. He's a little kid. He has to defend his house from burglars. It's a really awesome movie. I still love it to this day. And it did blockbuster business. It, it smashed records. And they did a sequel. And, you know, they, I think they've actually done a part three and four. Uh, which, to me, was, uh, I don't know, just kind of... You know, I really hate it when a studio or a network decides to redo something that should never be redone first of all let me just say something i'm gonna go off topic here um one of the worst shows ever put on television and i'll say it's probably full house which i loved as a kid but you watch today and you just get embarrassed for the actors reading the lines and then they have to go and make fuller house which was so unwatchable like i had to take a shower after okay that's not bad enough then i hear Saved by the Bell. Okay, Saved by the Bell was a terrible show. Now they're doing another Saved by the Bell, like, movie or TV show? It was awful. Why beat it? Did enough people think it was that great? It sucked. It sucked then. It sucks now. I just don't get... Oh, and and added to this, they're doing a Fresh Prince movie. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But I guess he's, like, in the hood. And, uh... It's weird. None of the characters are there. It just looks awful. I don't know. That's just my little take on it. But Titanic, 1997, James Cameron and a young heartthrob Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Who couldn't forget that? That movie, um, I I read an article that said James Cameron was going to get fired from that movie because he went so over budget with it. But the movie ended up breaking like every single record and being the biggest movie ever and it kept getting sold out and sold out everywhere in fact i got a story for you my grandmother went to go see titanic but it was sold out and she was with her other friend probably in her 80s too and they went to go see half baked because they thought they'd learn new recipes and when asked what they thought about it they said They thought it was an anti-drug movie. So, who knew? Um, 
The Sixth Sense, going to surprise endings. One of the best surprise endings of the 90s, right up there with Usual Suspects. And that was with a young Haley Joel Osment. It was done by um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, who uh, I think that was probably his best movie he's ever done. I don't think he'll do that Unbreakable. I don't think he'll do another movie as great as those movies. Um... You know, he's really goes up and down for me. He hasn't been consistent with his career as far as I'm concerned. He's made some phenomenal films. And then he makes, like, duds that are so bad. Um, so, but The Sixth Sense was really good. And then another movie which everybody, you know, every girl I'm sure has seen was Ghost in 1990. And that's where um, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Swayze, I'm sorry. And... Demi Moore were in. Uh, that's that famous scene where they're on the making uh, uh, something, uh, a clay sculpture or something, and they're holding hands and that movie. And yeah, it's a it's a romantic movie. It's it's a sad movie. And I personally didn't like it, but I know ever, there's so many people I know who love that movie. But to me, it didn't do it. Anyway, that's just me. Who remembers Mrs. Doubtfire, 1993? Robin Williams, the, the probably one of the greatest comic minds to ever live. Sadly, passed away. But Robin Williams uh, and Mrs. Doubtfire, and I hate this premise as a rule when a guy or girl has to play another character, like they have to be another gender. Like, first of all, as if we didn't know. Uh, but it's been done so many times. It, uh, the, people always do it. I could probably name 10 movies that's already been done in. But for some reason, it really, really, really worked in this movie. So much so that before Robin Williams died, they were going to do a sequel to Miss Doubtfire. Uh, and that's sad because I think it would have done really well because um, Robin Williams was a comedic genius. And I remember seeing that movie in the theater. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the last movie on the list, and again, this was in no order. I just picked some random movies from the 90s that I wanted to talk about. But this movie was another big, massive blockbuster, and it was The Matrix in 99 with Keanu Reeves, with my an actor that I like a lot, Joe Pantoliano, who is in The Sopranos, and he's been in everything, but he's an amazing actor. And this movie was great because it actually matched the special effects were so good back then. Uh, I mean, it was just phenomenal. It, it was it was great. I loved The Matrix. And I still don't know what it's about. I kind of get it. Um, blockbuster movie. Amazing special effects. And from what I heard, they're making another one. They made a, a sequel, 2 and 3. Which uh, I remember seeing both of them and thinking that they were both terrible. But... The first one's always the best, right? Second movie, third, sequels, they kind of suck. But the first are always the best. Anyway, guys, that was just a couple movies for me that I thought of. Again, if you have any other movie suggestions, feel free to let me know at ethanjenkins545 at gmail.com. And until next time, it's The Age Gap Diaries with Ethan Jenkins. Have a good day.